In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kolick, international actually. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England zone, Van Helsink. And with me from across the pond, as I hold my breath, is Richard. Richard. Okay, so God tells me that Richard is not there yet, so that's very good. Anyways, uh, welcome to our 103rd exit, uh, episode of Ghost Chronicles International. I lied about that. It's really not. But anyways, Ghost Chronicles International, as well as the regular Ghost Chronicles Live, is now on iTunes. So if you missed the show, uh, you can catch it there. And also, um, what have we got coming up? Okay, let me check it out. Let's see. Still waiting for Richard to come in. Nice guy. Uh, Anyways, um, we have on the 21st, I believe it is, yes, we will be broadcasting live from Barnes & Noble in Peabody, Massachusetts. So we'd like to have you come on down and uh, talk to us. Uh, You know, we'll also be signing books, too, there while we're at it. Uh, We will have on the show that night, we will have... um, a woman who, uh, she does, she actually runs a museum in Florida uh, with the Richard doll. I think it's the Richard doll, or just thinking of Richard. It's, no, it's Robert. The Robert doll, which is the freaky doll that has got a mind of its own. So, I mean, that's pretty weird. Richard, are you there now? I'm here. I'm with you, yes. Yes, I nearly missed you, <laughs> but I'm here at last. Oh, Sorry that's cool. That. And uh, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Extremely well. Quite excited about talking to our tonight's guest. Uh, she I hasn't called in yet, but what else is new? Everybody's running late today. Must be oh, well, that's not just me. That's that's the, Well, I, I uh, spent a, um, a very interesting... I think, did I tell you last week about... I, I went to Derek Acora's 60th birthday party. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, that's right. We're all Pisces, right? We're all Pisces, and we've all reached the, the, the grand old age, or, although I've reached the grand old age of, of I've got a year on you, because I'm 61 now, so uh, mm, there you go. Um, anyway, while I was down there, um, I did my talk, which you've heard a few times, uh, called What is a Ghost? Um, and I need, I need a bit of help, because basically I was talking, doing my talk about silica, and how I believe there's a possibility that it can hold a recording. 
if it's got um, rust sprinkled onto it. Uh, in other words, the same as a cassette or, or a videotape. You know, I mean, who'd have thought a hundred years ago that we could sprinkle iron oxide particles onto a piece of sticky silica tape and we could record onto it, which, of course, we all know we can because it's a cassette or a um, videotape. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's what I believe is the same with the building, that, that, that um, uh, stone, bricks and sandstone are all made of, of silica. Uh, the red of the sandstone, the red of the bricks, the more iron oxide. So you've got these properties that are used in recording. Um, there was a chap down there with me that's offered to help because you've probably noticed by the way I talk about it. I'm no scientist, Rob. <laughs> really? Did not yeah, know that, Richard. Far from it. Well, I left school at 15. I hated science. Um, I love science. Oh, do you know, mate? I, I wish I wish I'd stayed. I wish I'd been more interested in physics and science, because, I mean, we're obviously, I'm sort of getting into the realms of, of um, quantum physics and all that sort of stuff now with my sort of ghost exploration, and I just wish I, I wish I knew more, but I don't. Anyway, this guy came up with this, he said, I want to help you, he says, because I work quite a lot with, in the computer business with, with silicon and silica, um, and one of the things he's come up with is, I mean, basically, the situation is, if, if there really is a recording held of a, of a traumatic event in the fabric of the building, how, do we get, how can we get the recording out of the building? Right. Um, nobody knows. Uh, but what he suggested is that, that um, we get a, a piece of, a strip of um, videotape yeah. in, in a studio, or, or, yeah, in a studio, basically, and, and pin it or stick it to the wall and get a very high-powered speaker, which, of course, is, is energy and, and magnetic and all that sort of stuff, and play something through the speaker and see if you pick anything up on the tape. Now, first problem I've got with that is, obviously, that you, you won't have the tape in, in, a, in a spool or in, in a, a sort of a, a video-type box or whatever you call it. It will have to be loose, so you'll have to cut it out and then splice it back in. Which I suppose is possible, isn't it? I guess. So, so, and then he said, you know, and then play it, put it in a video player or, or what have you, and see if you actually get any anything, any response, crackling, hissing, um, anything at all from it. In other words, can the energy from that speaker influence the uh, iron oxide and the silica that, that, that can hold the recording. Um, anyway, I was then talking um, to my um, youngest son's, Will, William's girlfriend, who, who was into science a bit, and she was, because, well, oh, sorry, I'll tell you what I said. So I said, yeah, but hang on a minute, supposing we got a, a videotape that had got something recorded onto it, supposing when you played the, uh, the speaker or whatever the, 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 into it, that it actually left a blank or, or wiped off something that was already on the tape. But that also would give a, a, a sign that, that something was happening. And she told me that apparently you should never leave a, uh, a tape, videotape, cassette or anything like that, anywhere near a speaker because it can wipe off the recording. How's about that? Uh, kind of makes that. sense. 
Yeah, in other words, and apparently she was telling me that there was, there was some guy at a wedding, and he was a um, photographer, video making a video of, of the of the wedding, and uh, he put his a, a box of uh, his tapes down, which he'd done recordings of the wedding, uh, at the back of the speaker while they were having the disco during the night time, and apparently it had wiped off the recording daytime. Oh, nice. How's about yeah, exactly. Can you imagine it? Oh my God, I should think they lynched him. Well, perhaps they didn't know anyway until they got home. So they lost most, not all of it, but most of the um, recordings uh, were gone. In other words, the, the the speaker, however, with its magnetism, its energies, call it what you will, had actually erased the recording. And, and I I need help. I need I need to know if anybody out there um, can help me as to whether you know is it possible. To do to do what I've suggested, get a piece of video videotape, stick it yeah. on the wall, and blast a blast a speaker at it. Uh, w- will it could it record? You know, uh, I, 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 I'm really not sure. Anything can record. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, yes. when you you know the potters do pottery, I mean, you can definitely uh, get recording in it on a, on a pottery wheel. Uh, I've seen that but done that before. Fair? Yeah. Because, you see, someone a long time ago said to me that one day there's a possibility that, that um, a Roman potter 2,000 years ago has got his, his, his lump of clay, which is silica, uh, and the redder the, the clay, the more iron oxide there is in it. And as he's um, scoring grooves, his finger, up the pot, which is revolving at so many revs per minute, there might be one, a way one day of actually re, uh, finding out that there is a recording the Roman Potter's Workshop held on that clay part, which is what you're saying. Right, exactly. But how do we get the recording out? It's a bit like a stylus, isn't it? No, yeah, it's all you do. I mean, all you would do is, uh, you know, get a regular stylus, or uh, actually you could just go low-tech and and get a Edison stylus and uh, uh, do it that way. I mean, there's no doubt about it that you certainly... Wow. <laughs> yeah, but hang on. The, the problem you've got is, of course, the groove in the pot made mm-hmm. by the finger, fingers of the Roman potter would be, would be w- wide grooves compared to the grooves on, a, on, a, on an old-fashioned um, disc record. Right, but you, you would get a portion of it because, uh, you know, it would go across the same tracks uh, wherever it is. It just wouldn't be the, the full spectrum. It would be a, a partial of the spectrum. Wow. And, and, of course, you'd have to have it at so many revs per minute, wouldn't you, like you do with the, the old records, you know, 33 revs per minute? Well, depending on when it was recorded. 2,000 years ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> so would you, would you run it at the same speed as, as the potter's wheel? Oh boy! I mean, it, 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 uh, I don't. You know, I mean, this is all. It'd be nice. It's to all hear. hearsay. It's all, but it's all possible, isn't it? Uh, it is possible. Anything is possible. I mean, the original um, way of recording on was was onto a um, a cylinder, wasn't it? Um, which was made of of wax, I believe. Uh, right. And, exactly. And all that all that they did was was shouted, spoke, or sang. Through um, a cardboard funnel, and it picked up the vibrations, the energies, or whatever you want to call it, 
and, and held it, didn't it, on, on, on the disc. Wow, I mean, I just, help, folks. I mean, you can tell I'm not a scientist, but I, mean, I, need, I need a university or something to come along and, and um, work with me on this, because I, I think I may, I may have something. You know, in other words, the walls of the building hold a recording of the traumatic event. The murders, <clears throat> the accident, the battle, the execution. Uh, and so, you know, as I've said to you before, you know, that's why ghosts aren't stark naked, because that's how they were dressed when the recording was made. I guess. I, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's uh, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me uh, that you couldn't do it. I mean, uh, right. what, I mean, Bob in the, the chat room, by the way, suggested what, maybe we could use a laser. You know, how lasers can read things like a uh, CD. Right. Because obviously a CD and, and, and a DVD is, is obviously the more modern way of, of, um, of making, of recordings, but it's, it's done in a different way. It's not done with silica and, and iron oxide, is it? It's, it? Is it more to do with magnetism? Uh, Bob, help think, us. Yeah, I know. We need a tech here. <laughs> we, exactly. That, you see, that's what I need. I need a, a techie that, that can actually talk to me, to try and help me um, to, to actually unleash the, the fact, that the, the possibility that a lot of ghosts that we call ghosts that we see in here, uh, walking out of the wall, walking across the room, that don't acknowledge us in any way, are in fact, as, I, as I've said to you so often, a recording um, made, held in the fabric of the building, um, which is seen again, over and over again, doing what it was doing just before it died. Hmm. I, need, I need help, folks. Well, uh, Eleanor in the uh, chat room says a laser reads pits, not grooves. Oh, right. Yeah, so you see, I, I say to me, it's, that's the trouble. You see, it's, all, it's above me. Um, I need to go back to school, don't I, Ron, and uh, learn a bit. Yeah, well, it, it depends. I mean, everybody has specialties, and, you know, this is not yeah. my specialty as well. I mean, I, I know a little bit about how a record works and, and a little bit how a, a thing, a laser works, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah. can you combine exactly. the two? It's Yeah, yeah. But you see, I think it's so much down to this business of, you know, silica uh, and uh, and what it holds and what it, and the thing I've, I've another thing I've learned, I think, I think since I, since I came over to see you in, in, in the States is the fact that water um, also can hold a memory. Um, that's why so many damp and wet sites are haunted. Well, you know, it, it is believed that Anglican believes that water will steal a soul. So it, it actually could. Yeah. Why wouldn't you know if it can hold a memory? You know, it, it can hold a soul. For instance, if soul is energy, yada yada, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but you know, as we've said before, the number of haunt, you know ancient wells, uh, springs, underground springs, uh, streams, rivers, marshland. All, all sort of seem to be, you know, haunted, as we call them, haunted places. But is it, is it a recording that's held in that damp place that is seen again because of the silica in the water? Because right. silica, apparently water holds anything up to 7% silica in it because when it, when it rains and it runs over the mountains, the, the limestone, the granite and the sandstone, it absorbs the silica from the stone holds it in it, which is one of the 
ways of you know making a recording. Right. I mean, we, the, 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 I know you're really stuck on this silica thing, but you know, a lot of things can retain energy. Uh, it doesn't have to be silica in itself. No, you see, silica is a conductor, isn't it? Is that right? No. No. No, it isn't. Right. Well, wait a minute. Now you got me confused. Oh well. <laughs> no, silica is not a conductor. Okay, I need to go back to school and then come back again uh, and start again. But the other thing is, fascinating thing is that, that we actually contain uh, more silica in our bodies than we hold iron, which I didn't realize until very recently. And um, our, our, we're made of 75% water. Our brain is made up of 85% water, or should I say our hard drive. Our brain is made up of 85% water. Uh and it contains silica and, of course, electricity, magnetism, and everything else. And the amazing thing is that the older we get, the less silica we, tra- we, we retain in our, in our bodies. And as we get older, what's one of the first things we lose? Memory. Yeah. And now then, and they've been, they've been experimenting in France for the last uh, 15 years by adding um, extra silica into the water... Of, of people that are getting old, and they've reduced the degenerative disease in those people by 11%. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, now what, is the, what do you base that on? That's, a, that's, a, um, that's a stuff that I found um, in, they were in, in Paris. Um, they were actually, they've been doing it for 15 years, uh, as I say, by adding water. Uh, sorry, silica to the water. Uh, and it's something that I'm, I'm actually experimenting with myself uh i'm actually i actually buy something called silica plus and i add it to spring water and i take right. it three times a day <laughs> see if i can keep my memory uh interesting i'm experimenting on myself hmm now then hmm <laughs> um but yeah this because i say memory recording we lose it as we get older um, i just think i might i just think i might be on to something but, you know, I want to know what the world thinks. What do the guys out there think that are listening? Has Richard Felix lost his marbles, or, or am I onto something? Again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, no, it's all fascinating stuff, and we definitely have to, I think, believe we have to do a lot more re- research into it uh, to find out more. Uh, yeah. But, it, it, we, we, you know, as you always say, it, you know, eight out of ten, nine, whatever, eight out of ten goes can be explained. Uh, and now you say ten out of ten can, but not yet. You know, because we haven't developed the technology. Maybe the, the technology is coming and, and we'll understand this a lot more yeah, than... I think the biggest problem we've got is that there is, certainly over here in England, I don't know about you in the States, there is so little um, funding, money for, for paranormal research. It is still laughed at by most scientists in, in, in the UK. Uh, you know, no such things as ghosts. End of story. Is it mm. like that over there? Uh, in the mainstream it is. Of course it is. Mm, exactly. So no money, no ghosts. Interesting. Yeah, you know, what's funny too is, is but, it, you know, there are people in the scientific community who 
let's put it this way, don't they, they're actually starting to come out of the closet, as uh-huh. I like to say, in, in scientifically believing in ghosts. I mean, for instance, on, on Wednesday's show, we're going to have a, uh, a scientist from NASA who is also a medium. Really? Hmm. That's an interesting one. Well, ask, when he's on, will you ask him about, because uh, as I say, I say on my talks, as you know, NASA are, are experimenting with, with water in space probes because they believe it holds memory. Uh, so they can, you know, hold a recording. Uh, he's, he's, he's not on the space engine, he's in the uh, hurricane. Engine. Okay. But he may, he may know something about it. <laughs> he, he may do, you never know. You never Absolutely. Know. Yeah, but if you ask him for me, I'd, 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 you know, I'd be very interested to, uh, uh, to know more. Because I say, I mean, you, you know me, Ron, I'm, I'm, I'm on the quest for, for, for the reality. Uh, for the truth behind this this business, this word that we call ghost, um, I'm trying to find out what they really are about, rather than dealing with the the scare factor uh, side of ghosts. Even though I'm frightened of ghosts, uh, and you know how frightened I was <laughs> at Gettysburg. Um, but uh, regardless of that, I um, you know I'm I'm looking for for the truth um, <laughs> behind the ghost business. Uh, you know, it's funny. I guess Mark Twain has a quote, uh, Richard, that says, uh, uh, you know, no, there aren't many people who believe in ghosts, uh, but everyone's afraid of them. <laughs> that's true. That's what I put at the beginning of my book. Yeah. Really? And it's so true. It's absolute, we're all scared. But then again, as I've said to you before, we used to be scared of sailing over the edge of the earth. That's true. Think of Mrs. Columbus when she was waving... Columbus off <laughs> from Lisbon. You know, bye-bye, will we ever see you? Be careful. Don't go too close to the edge of the earth, otherwise you might fall off. Uh, and then all of a sudden, someone went someone went all the way around and came back again. And all of a sudden, it's over. No fear. And it mucked everything up because she had already picked out her next husband. Oh, well. <laughs> you see. But, you know, every time, you know, people say, oh, I'm going on a world cruise. All oh, be careful. Why? Well, you, you might fall off the edge. No, I won't. I'll be back in six months. I go all the way around. I'll see you then. That's um, true. No fear. But we're still we're still fearful of what we don't understand. And one of the things that we still don't understand is that the fact that the dead can return, and we're frightened of them. As Mark, so the qu- that is the hundred thousand dollar question, though: Can the dead return? Yeah. Or are they already here? <laughs> or have they ever left? Uh, thank you. That's, that's, that's right. Because, you see, we've got this, here we go, misguided idea that Grandpa has gone up to heaven, all the way up, you know, miles and miles and miles and miles into the sky, yeah, to have his wings fitted or, or whatever. Yeah, when, did you, when were you last flying at 33,000 feet in a plane and saw a spirit go by? But, well, you know, Richard, you've got to be careful on that because uh, in my new book, uh, uh Ghost Today, which is coming out in September. Fantastic. There is stories of ghosts on airlines. Oh, I'm not saying there aren't ghosts on airlines. I'm, I'm a, in fact, at in, in my local airport. Um, no, East I'm Midlands talking airport, about in, in the air, not, a, not on the ground. I'm talking about in the air, on planes in the air. But again, if they're on the ground in a plane, then obviously I think they could go up, up with them, can't they, into the air. But I'm not, t- no, I'm talking about a, pa- a passing spirit. That happens that you see out of the out of the the window of your of your plane. 
Think about it. You don't know, no, because you say, I don't think they're up there, Ron. I think they're still with us. You know, the same with, oh, you know, this, that grandpa's gone to heaven, but this grandpa's gone to hell. Well, he well wait a minute. Uh, Richard, though, you've you got to realize, though, okay, in order to for a ghost to appear, it must want to appear. I don't think they, they appear on their own. I think they it, it's something that they require, uh, they do for a particular reason. So, I mean, you wouldn't be seeing a ghost uh, in the air because there's no one in the air to see them. So I don't know if they would waste the energy to make themselves known. Possibly, uh, but then again, they could sense? also be walking along the, 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 the highway um, and for some reason, you know, you see something that, that walks past you. And, or and you, you know, with an, a top hat on and, and, and an 18th century coat, uh, and all of a sudden you turn back and look again, and he's gone. I mean, mm -hmm. he's not really show, been showing himself to you. You just happen to have broken in. He's broken into the frequency that you happen to be on. Right, or, or it could be a residual haunting where it's just at yep. a certain frequency all the time, and we just, like you said, yeah, break no. into that frequency yeah, every, no. every so often. But what I'm trying to get at is, and get it, getting back to the business of, you know, the hell business, in other words, one grandpa's up in heaven, the other grandpa's gone to hell. When did you last see a spirit pop out of a volcano uh, that had been burning in hell for, for, for eternity? In other words, what I'm saying is that I don't think the dead can return because I don't think they've ever left. Because I think mm. they're, they're with us and I think they're around. It's what you defined uh, leaving in, in where they are. Correct. And I believe that it's a misguided, old-fashioned idea that we think that they've gone up or down. I think that you know, I think we're. I think that's just just uh, uh, literally, not literally, uh, figuratively speaking. It's yeah, not. Yeah, I think literally, it's what we believed two thousand years ago um, that we, you know, we we floated up or, or, or we floated down. But you know, I think that they're on probably a different frequency. Uh, another dimension, another spiritual plane, that sort of thing. So, in other words, when we say Granddad's left us, we are, yeah, he probably hasn't. I think it's rather nice to know that they're actually with us, still around us. Mm -hmm. I think, but, you know, again, back to, we ain't got a clue, have we? No, we don't, and that's the thing. That's the cool thing of what we do. It's so interesting because we aren't sure of what we know. And yet, Ron, it's been with us since the first person died, whenever that was, um, you know, from from when when well, from when life and death started on this planet, we have talked the dead returning. We have talked of seeing people that were once alive that are now dead, and we're seeing them again. And yet, we're no farther forward than we were all those thousands of years ago. And as you quite rightly say, that's what makes that's what makes our job so special. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We some are people, the ones, some, some people say we are special. <laughs> we are special. <laughs> well, I think we are. Um, but again, I think what's what's good about us is that we're we're searching for for the truth rather than um, going for the the Scooby Doo side of things all the time. I think there's a lot more in, in it than than just people, you know. Um, booking on a ghost walk and, and being frightened or going to see a, a scary movie at the cinema. Uh, right. Which being, I think, certainly think, giving people probably the wrong idea of what, what some of it's all about. I agree. I'm very pleased.
We agree on something, Ronald. Well, we agree I mean, on lots of things, don't we, really? Well, we have to actually take a break now, and hopefully when we come back, we'll have our guest on the air. Uh, you'll listen to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick, and we'll be back after the following messages on Tojinet. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parrax family. Combine snide and remark and you've got snark. Combine Lisa Mena and Valia Alvarez on Monday nights and you've got deep dish snark. Monday nights at 9, 8 central, part of the Her Insight Network. When you've had enough at work or at home and you're ready to laugh, join Lisa and Value for their no BS look at the world and the people in it. They'll be serving up a no holds barred take on pop culture, current events, entertainment, and family matters with segments like Accidentally Helpful, TV is Now My Hobby, and Who Sucks This Week. Deep Dish Snark delivers something for every girl who enjoys life with a dash of sarcasm. Lisa Manna is a former TV news anchor turned stay-at-home mom. She's making sure if anyone screws up her kids, it's her. Valia Alvarez suffers life as a jack-of-all-trades, mistress of none, by juggling a PR career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Don't miss Deep Dish Snark with Lisa Manna and Valia Alvarez. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Shroud of Turin? Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I don't know a lot about it. Um, obviously, I, I, I know that it's believed to be the shroud that, that Jesus Christ was actually um, placed in um, before being buried, uh, and that it's supposed to have, well, uh, an imprint of, of, of Jesus' um, face, body, beard, everything on it, which, I, you know, I've, I haven't, I've seen pictures of it, I'm fascinated by the whole thing, to be quite honest with you, Ron, because I wonder if there's a possibility with with all of the energy that that guy must have had, mm-hmm. whether there's a possibility that that it you know that it could actually be uh, something that's impregnated, you know, a recording, if you like, or a picture, uh, an right. imprint of him in, well, in the cloth. You think? Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about it is they had carbon dated it, and it, it showed that it had not been as old as they thought. Um, right. but, but it seems that that has been a mistake because now they 
have found uh, drawings and paintings with the Shroud of Turing in it 200 years before they had carbon dated it. But anyways, we have our uh, guest on the line, and why don't we bring her on? She is uh, Susan, and she has produced a movie, which is um, One on the Earth and Crop Circle. Susan, are you there? (laughs) I'm here. It's Suzanne Taylor is my name, and the movie is called What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery, just not to mystify your audience any more than they need to be mystified. <laughs> Good morning. Is, Good afternoon. Is, Sorry. Yeah. Well, it depends where we are. <laughs> well, you know, I had, a, I had a presentation to do at 7 a.m. where I am, so I think I'm a little fuzzy today. You know, I'm not quite as sharp on the intake because I'm supposed to, you know, have had a good night's sleep, but forget it. <laughs> It's yeah, 7 a.m. where you are. 7 a.m. I had a big presentation you, where to are do. You? They have a there's a breakfast uh, you know uh, project out here that has hotsy totsy people at seven o'clock in the morning. So that was me. <laughs> oh my goodness me! <laughs> so when's the film coming out? Well, the film is out. See, we got to get oh. straight on all this. If you go to CropCircleMovie.com, you see the trailer. It starts with the trailer. And um, and it will lead you to actually the official website of the film, but we send everybody to CropCircleMovie.com as the gateway. Uh, and it's been out since last year. The first appearance that it made in a significant spot was at the UFO Congress Film Festival, where it won the award for Best Feature Documentary. So, so far, so good. We're doing good. Well done. That's fantastic. I, Come I on, actually, Susan. Tell us all. What, well, what actually, are they? Oh, you know, it's just a bunch of guys from the pub. They go out and make them all. We've conned the world, and I'm on the side of the conners. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Is that possible? No, it's not possible. You know how you know it's it's absolutely not possible? You have a lot of money, like Lawrence Rockefeller, who funded some laboratory studies, because lab studies are done when they are done with real scientific protocols. And um, they did a bunch of studies. They are in peer-reviewed science journals, which is where, presumably, uh, we get our reality from. And they attest to the fact that there are changes to the plants and to the soil that can't be accounted for that are genuine mystery that we're not doing. Uh, so, um, hello, you know, something's going on. Yeah. So, in other words, these two guys, what was it? David, Doug and Davey. Doug and Davey. You, know, you know how long ago that was? Yeah, 
we would be in a different world. That would be the biggest news ever for humanity. And it would set us all wondering, thinking, having a worldwide conversation. What's going on? What should we do about it? Uh, a peaceful conversation. Uh, and, you know, power structures kind of like it the way it is, even though the way it is is pretty deadly. Uh, but people don't like to relinquish power. And when you make massive change like that in a, in a worldview, everything changes. So it's kind of understandable that the gears are in place, and uh, it takes a lot of effort to, to dislodge them, although why this hasn't done that is really uh, very bizarre. We say in the film there are two phenomena. One, phenomenon A is the crop circle phenomenon. Phenomenon yes. B is that the world isn't paying attention. Absolutely right. But do you think partly because the governments uh, are actually keeping us in the dark uh, about you know the, the UA, UFO business, the crop circles, and everything else. Because you know if we if we suddenly realise that there are, there is something out there, you know there'll, there'll be mass panic, won't there? Oh, I don't know about that. That is their rationale, actually, that it, there would be mass panic. Yeah. Uh, but wait a minute. When you really pay attention, there's nothing invading us. I mean, if if, if we are being visited to the extent that it seems to be indicated we are, like we'll add the UFO phenomenon to that, where mm. they have uh, sophisticated technology. If they wanted to do us harm, don't you think they would have done it already? I mean, oh, absolutely. I think, I think the big problem is, is that I, have, I mean, basically, and I, I, I use this frequently, you know, if, if a spaceship, a uh, UFO, call it what you will, landed in the middle of Trafalgar Square in London now, the first thing that would happen was everybody would run, the police would obviously be called. They would not in any way be able to deal with it. So they'd bring in the army, and they'd zap it. Well, you're absolutely right. In fact, that's, you know, in America, that's the why don't they land on the White House lawn question. You've got it for <laughs> Falcon Square. We have the White House lawn. But yeah. so, so the answer to that yeah. is, well, they don't. They stay away so that they won't get involved in this uh uh, kind of hysteria that that would result, but they keep sending us signals that they're there, so that finally, when it gets through our thick skulls, we go, "Oh my goodness, there's something out there! Isn't that interesting?" And it's not it's invading us. Yeah, you know, but just just as a matter of interest, I'll, I'll let you in in a minute, Ron. Honestly, I'm fascinated by this. Um, just supposing by accident one lands um, and it can't get away again. Uh, for whatever reason, and then uh, along come the police, then comes the army, and we nuke it, right? Well, indeed. What are they going to think about it? Then really? they might come along and say, okay, you horrible people on this, earth, we're going to nuke you now. Well, hello. I mean, you know, that, you know, my answer to the question is, why don't they land on the White House? Well, and my first answer is because we'd shoot them. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Right. But supposing we do accidentally shoot one of them, what oh, are they going to do to us? Far. No, don't go that far. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, look That's at Roswell. Ronald, I mean, something apparently ha happened at Roswell, and what, we're 50 years later, maybe longer, I think we're even longer than 50 years, and we're still stewing about it and wondering about it and whatever. And You know, mm -hmm. you know Edgar Mitchell came out last year. Uh, he was, his, his opinion was popularized. He was the sixth man to walk on the moon, a highly respected astronaut who's gone on to create highly respected institutions here in the States, yeah. and uh, th th he's been saying that for a long time, but finally some news agency picked it up from a radio show he was on in England, actually. Uh, Kerrang, right. yes, you know that? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very much. So, so they picked it up over there, and it was it was the huge buzz over here. Oh my God, Edgar Mitchell says they're real. You know, fifty some odd years later, they're kind of like maybe opening their minds to you know this uh, otherworldliness. There is something out there, right? Yeah. And are they uh, so crop circles? Are most crop circles caused by UFOs? Well, first of all, we don't have any indication that any of them are. They never right. see any craft. The only the only commonality you might say is that they're coming from otherness. You know. Just like the UFOs are not ours. Well, whatever's making crop circles, the real ones, you know, the, the ones that oh, are yes. mysterious, yeah. it's the, not the ours. There are, there are unexplained lights that are associated with some of them, though. Lights, yes, lots of light activity. Shafts of light, twinkly lights, uh, disturbance in the air. We've had eyewitness accounts. I don't know how many at this point. When they were counting and they had a center for the study of crop circles, they were counting. They had about 25, but that disbanded about 10 years ago. And... Uh, so maybe there's 35 now or 40. Just people happen to be there when crop circles were formed. Nobody has ever seen craft. And um, they mount a lot of watches uh, where they wake up in the morning, they're on the top of hills, and there's a crop circle down below. They didn't see anything happen. Uh, in other words, there wasn't a, you know, a lot of people with boards and ropes stomping around. But they don't see craft either that they conceivably would see above. So either the craft are vibrating at some high level. Somebody just suggested that to me, that possibly that's one thing they can do and how they move so quickly sometimes to pop out of reality, our reality, and it may have to do with some kind of vibrational thing that they set themselves to. Uh, but uh, we, don't, you know, we don't have any experience of UFOs. Uh, all we have is all of this other kind of stuff, and then there's a crop circle. Right. So is there a possibility that it could be done, could be a phenomena of some sort that is actually, for want of a better word, earthbound? Something to well, do with you know, when people say, where does it come from, you just have to say, I don't know, because we've never identified anything that has the capacity to do that other than science fiction, but we yeah. haven't pinned anything down that can function like that, that can think like us or better than us, uh, that can en engage in our reality. Uh, we have no idea. So when people say it could be another dimension, right? It could be nature, right? It could be—I mean, it could be anything. We have no idea where this is coming from. It's just that it's not us, right? So, so is it a possibility? You know, Earth energies—you know, something—you know—that they're on fault lines or, or ley lines where they cross, or something where you know some some energy comes out from the Earth and causes. Causes the phenomena, causes well, the shapes. Yes, I guess you could say yes to that. But you know what I always say in response to that sort of question? I say, well, whatever it is, people, and people have real opinions. You know, it's another dimension. I know it is, okay. Uh, but when I, my response to that always is, well, uh, in fact, wherever it's coming from, there are embodied creatures because that's the, uh, design is a function of a creature that can make those kind of decisions. It, it, the, these crop circles are very carefully placed in the landscape. They're not just erupting from somewhere or landing from somewhere. Uh, they are very carefully placed pointing to certain things uh, or very carefully contained within individual small fields. They don't breach the edges of them and go over into the next field. So something with mind has made decisions about what the designs are, about where they go, and that's got to be creatures. That's not just mush. You know, that's not another dimension. Well, what is going on in the other dimension? 
there are creatures somewhere. So if you say from the earth, well, where are the creatures? I mean, there are creatures. They're making designs and, and, and uh, placements. Gosh. Yeah, really, gosh. a big gosh. Now, absolutely let me amazing. ask you one thing on this. Uh, has it ever been uh, documented, the forming of a, a crop circle? Well, it hasn't been documented on film. You'll see all over the web, uh, all over the net, you will see uh, some balls of light swirling around, uh, coming into frame, moving in a circle, and then all of a sudden under them, this crop circle uh, just whooshes down quickly, which is apparently the way it happens, but that's a, that's a, that, piece, that film, almost 99% sure, was done in the laboratory. We still have a few holdout people who insist that it couldn't have been done that way. But uh, the evidence is all pointing to that having been done in a lab, and it took them years to figure it out. They were fighting about it for years. Uh, but they finally added up all the evidence, and it does seem to have come from a laboratory. And nobody has ever caught one actually going down. We have a simulation of it in the film that shows you the idea from all the eyewitness accounts. But, um, no, there isn't any documentation. There are just these, you know, individual reports. And then you just add them all up, and they're all saying about the same thing. So you go, well, seems like that's what goes on. Now, do they occur in the daytime or, uh, at all or, or just at nighttime? There are a few uh, that are pinned to the daytime whereby there was some activity in the field or some flyover in the field and nothing was there, and then uh, activity comes a little later in the daytime, and there's a crop circle. But that's very rare. Most of them, uh, you wake up in the morning and you find new crop circles. That's how it happens for most of them. Mm. See, I, I like very much your idea that you were saying a few minutes ago of this, uh, you know, possibly being, oh, you know, some form of, of life form from somewhere else. Uh, dimensions. Is there a possibility that that um, we don't see them because, as you quite rightly said, they they, they they almost come in so move in and move out so quick uh, well, maybe, that they're yeah. almost on a different time. Well, scale. maybe except that you know when you think about the circles swishing down that way, that doesn't seem to be a mechanical function of uh, someone manipulating on the ground. It seems to be some signal that's being sent. Oh. And the closest thing we know, you know, when I say there's no UFOs, I actually should amend that. Uh, if you're counting unidentified flying objects as balls of light, which there are, and we know now orbs are a big deal. We have conferences about orbs now, people catching them on camera. Sometimes they don't see them, and they are there when they develop the film. Uh, so orbs or balls of light are frequently seen, maybe frequently is the wrong word, are sometimes seen uh, skimming over crop fields. We show one of them that was caught on video uh, by a videographer. Uh, and the next day, for instance, uh, after that ball of light is seen wherever it's seen, whatever field it's skimming over, the next day there'll be a crop circle in that field. And it almost seems like uh, it's being scouted perhaps or something's going on because there is some evidence that these balls of light are guided intelligently uh, I was just looking on YouTube. I finally tracked down a piece of footage that I knew about, and I, I would have put it in my film if I'd known how to get it before the film. Um, and it's some people walking straight toward the camera down a uh, tram line, which is the, li the, the lines you always see in uh, crop fields where the farmers are running their equipment, their tractors and their harvesters. And that's how you walk into crop circles if you're doing it right. You don't walk across the field and leave a wiggly line in the, in the crop, which is very bad protocol for crop circles. So, you, so we have this little piece of footage 
with uh, people walking toward the camera down a tram line, and then you see a ball of light coming horizontally across toward them. And in fact, just when the ball of light gets to where they are, it is right where they are, and it stops. And they continue. They walk forward toward the camera, and then the ball of light resumes and goes horizontally across its path. So something knows, you know. There's another one with, uh, there's another uh, piece of footage somewhere, I've seen it actually, where a farmer is in a tractor and this ball of light is hovering around his head and there's some action that, again, would indicate that the ball of light isn't just floating around free form. It's mm. actually uh, knowledgeable, you know. It has the awareness of where it is and how to get, how to, how to maneuver. And I mean, the amazing thing is that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, an awful lot of of, of crop circles um, seem to um, have balls of light that are, are, are reported. Not a lot, I wouldn't say, but there definitely are a few. That's mm. why I amended my statement that many, you know, it's not many, but there's definitely, you know, enough to not just one or two, you know. But but it is, you know, it's like thrilling when it, it's like, you know, catching a fish on a bad day or something. <laughs> oh, I caught one. Well, you know, when somebody catches yeah. a ball of light, oh, it's thrilling, you know. It's an oddball thing, but it happens. Now, I know in your film that you uh, mentioned that crop circles occur in at least 40 different countries, but they seem to be, you know, mainstayed in England. No doubt about it. That's the hub of it all, yeah. But why really? Well, you know, you have to speculate. They're not telling us. We just see, oh, look, the concentration and the best ones, the most ones, uh, the phenomenon where all the researchers gather every summer. They come from all over the world, a community of people that I'm part of now. Uh, and um, England is the hot spot. So then you wonder, well, why, why is this? Uh, if you were the circle makers out there, why would you, why would you choose England? And um, it may, the thing that I like the best as a potential explanation is that you're in a particular area of England that's an ancient sacred landscape. It's been heavily manipulated by people hundreds, for hundreds of years. Uh, you've got Stonehenge as the most famous, worldwide famous, uh, artifact that's left there. But, you know, when you're in England, you realize the Avebury Stone Circle is just as famous and a whole different kind of stone circle than, uh, than Stonehenge. And in fact, and then there's Silbury Hill, there's the Tor. These are major uh, earth monuments that have been left by people. And then there's minor ones all over the place. There's burial mounds, there's tombs, there's tumuli where little people seem to be buried. You can't hardly turn around there without being juxtaposed to something ancient and, we might say, sacred. Uh, and, in fact, where the crop circles land all over the world, that's part of the, uh, the, the, the phenomenon. In, in America, uh, Indian burial grounds are yes. favorite spots near Indian burial grounds. And maybe they're trying to call us back to a time when we felt ourselves to be more whole. Science and spirit hadn't split us off. And we were, we were more connected to the earth. And we need to get back to that sort of thinking, uh, if we're not going to destroy the earth. Thank uh, you. And My maybe, language. maybe that's, you know, why when you they were looking for a spot, they thought, oh, this is so loaded with antiquity and beauty and, uh, uh, heritage and, and from, from an ancient time when there was a more sacred dimension to life itself. Uh, that, you know, I like thinking that's why they picked that spot. But, you know, there's a, there's a, a bunch of other explana- potential explanations. 
we actually talk about some of them in the film. Uh, right. And, and uh, some of them we don't talk about. You know, you can only put so much in a film. But, okay. um, it, you know, there, there's kind of a list of potential reasons why, why that spot has been selected. You see, what you were saying this about Stonehenge and, and all these tumuli and, and um, you know, stone circles that we have got, absolutely right, England, Ireland, hundreds Scotland, Wales. Hundreds of stone circles. People have no idea. There are hundreds of them in the British Isles, right. maybe even a thousand of them. But they're not only sacred sites, but most of them were also ener- sites of, of Earth energy. Well, indeed, uh, maybe so. Maybe these things are just acupuncture points of Correct. Thank kind. you. I was just going to say that. Same thing. Exactly the same as the Chinese put... Um, um, pagodas up on their energy sites, it's exactly the same as acupuncturists. It really could be. It could be not even for us, you know, not even for us to marvel at, but for some kind of energy of wholeness to be anchored. And, you know, that makes sense in terms of the fact that most of them, uh, I don't know if it's most of them, but a good proportion of them are designed with using sacred geometry. Well, that's the geometry of the universe. That's how everything is put together in the universe. Our bodies are put together that way. Plants are put together that way when you analyze their structure. Yeah. And, again, that's a wholeness. And, and, and you know, there is some, some, um, there is some usage being made of the patterns for healing because they've got this strong wholeness energy because of their sacred geometry design structure and the head of the Chinese Medical Association uh, on the east coast of uh, America uh, takes people over to the crop circles every year, and he's got a whole chart of use the, meditate on this stair, actually gaze at this crop circle for this ailment, because it pulls you into the, whole, the structure of the universe, the wholeness structure, not the fractured structure. And uh, apparently it can have an energetic effect on our bodies. So um, maybe maybe that's what they're there for, you know? Who knows? The, the, thing, the thing, too, is maybe, as Richard hit upon, is that the crop circles can only be there because of the uh, sacred sites, the, the, the energy lines, the ley lines. Uh, they can't be done in the middle of Siberia, for instance. Oh, well, I hadn't uh, thought about that. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Who knows? Could be. Hmm. I, we the have to research is, and see it? if there are any of them that show up nowhere near any sacred site. I, you know, that would be a little research project. Yeah, How far do they go back, Susan? Well, you know, again, uh, you're kind of uh, uh, poking around here. But in crop circle lore, there's a definitive date because there's a picture uh, from 1678. Yeah, there's the mowing devil. The mowing devil, the famous mo- oh. Doug and Dave and the mowing devil. We have our lore here, you know. Eee. And... Um, but you, there's no question you're looking at a crop circle, and it's 1678. It's a woodcut, uh, and the little story that goes with it makes sense. The farmer didn't want to pay the harvester. He charged too much. He said, let the devil do it, and in the morning, there was this pattern that they give the little woodcut of and a little picture of a devil. Uh, let the devil do it. That's the devil apparently did it, but what he did was a crop circle. I mean, there's just no question about it, and it's 1678. Yes, and, and then, apparently people did report seeing lights. The night that it happened. Over, was that part the, of that little story? Yeah. It's hard yeah. to read. It's in Old English. But <laughs> yeah, yeah they, but they actually reported seeing um, uh-huh. like a ball of light. Uh-huh. Um, well, that makes sense. That right. does make sense. And, you know, we've had little flurries that have appeared in the literature of the day, whatever it happened to be, like that was a woodcut in a pamphlet because that was 1678. But um, since then, every hundred years or so, there's been something that, you know, we found. It goes, oh, they're talking about crop circles, even though they weren't named that. We didn't name that until the modern era. 
and we actually do in the film a recreation of uh, the 1890 story in England in Nature magazine, very prestigious publication over there, where a scientist wrote in and said, I came across this field full of circles, and then they had a couple of issues after that where people wrote letters back and forth, little exchanges, and then, but each time in those hundred year um, episodes, it's gone away. There hasn't been sustained interest, and the circles don't seem to force themselves. They seem to kind of make an entry, almost like checking out the barometer, and a little interest, but if no interest maintains, they go away. And it was only this time around, which started in the late 1970s, when some people got interested, and then more people got interested, and the ones who were interested got more interested, and they started, you know, measuring and spreading the word and talking. And then in our modern communication era, people, uh, you know, I guess that helped get the word out. And now we have a full-blown phenomenon that doesn't go away. It happens. People say, well, are they still making crops? Oh, yeah. I mean, they happen every year in the growing season. Uh, you can count on it. It's almost like going to the races this season. We're waiting now for the season to start because it's spring, and that's when the plants start growing. So now, now the interesting thing too is, as they, you know, I know there are energies associated with them. Uh, for instance, thousand rise when you bring them into the crop circles will react a certain way, and there's right. also, I um, how much scientific research has been done on it? Well, when you talk about dowsing, the scientists would give you the time of day for that. Although. Oil has been found that way, and water has been found well, that, that way. Well, that's 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 not necessarily true because uh, the army used dowsing in, in Vietnam oh, to they? find Vietcong. So, oh, uh, I like hearing that. And and water water companies used dowsing to find water lines, and, and Harvard University when they were doing development used dowsers. Oh. So dowsers on a, uh, you know. It, it just depends who you're talking to. Oh well, good, good. I had thought the scientific establishment would turn up its nose at that. At that. Um, no, I mean that it, it's a tool as as anything else. Uh-huh. It, it maybe not. It doesn't have the meter on it, but you know it certainly right. reacts to certain energy fields. But there are, people, uh, there are people, as we show you in the film, that which let's send people to CropCircleMovie.com in case you have new listeners that right come. because we we are just about out of time. But we have about oh well, definitely left. send people to CropCircleMovie.com. Right. <laughs> CropCircleMovie.com. Right. I'm writing it down. I okay. should be watching. Okay. I actually watched it last night, and I, I enjoyed it. The only thing I, I, I really... Yes, you yes. Know, I, I, Richard kind of hit on it, I, I think, you know, about the intelligence behind it. I mean, for instance, when man first saw lightning, he was scared of it. And then another time, he saw he said, well, I'm being punished for something. And then something, you know, they always read something into it. But sometimes lightning is just lightning, you know. And maybe sometimes a crop circle is just a crop circle. Maybe it's a natural magnetic resonance from these energy sources nearby that creates these natural geometric figures. Well, as I say in the movie... um the, um, uh, wait a minute, what did I say in the movie? Well, uh, you know what? We've actually got to go. Oh, so they have to buy the movie. <laughs> yeah, buy the movie. Then you'll know what I said. So, Suzanne, we want to thank you very much. We'll have you on again. Oh, thanks, Davidian. Sorry Don't I was late. Yeah. Yeah, Good night. God bless everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Talk to you next week. From goalies to ghosties, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see, and I saw.